Hello out there. I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Saganorf. Welcome to the True Alignment Podcast, where we talk about all things alignment. Coming to you uh, live from the Innovation Center at Regis College for Business and Computing here at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. How are you doing today, Edgar? Um, it's, well, it's, it's the day after Easter, and that... Uh, um, that's how, uh, that's always a really full day. It, it's for us. It's it's uh, just a really full family day. The uh, the kids and the grandchildren and Easter egg hunts and um, just a lot of good food, a lot of great conversation and and a lot of great love. Just a house a house full of love. It's excellent. Yeah, I w- we went to church yesterday, and I agree with you. All of the above. That house full of love, mother-in-law, uh, brother and sister-in-law, and three nieces. Oh. Uh, daughter came home from college. So, you know, Easter's our holiday where we entertain in our house. And so I feel you on that one. Um, I was feeling a little bit that I couldn't get the work done in the yard I wanted to get done because we were doing all of that stuff. But on the way to church, my uh, oldest had come home from college, and she said, we've become that family that goes to church on Christmas and Easter. Uh-huh. You know, because COVID kind of was a monkey wrench in our church going. Yeah. Uh, it was a monkey wrench in our church going. Uh-huh. So literally we went on Christmas Eve and here we are again on Easter. Um, but, you know, that, that full too is that kind of spiritual full. Yeah. Right? I mean, in the heart of Christianity is this rebirth. Re, you know, it's a renewal conversation. Yes, it is. And for... Uh, for all intents and purposes, for to a great degree, it becomes then a conversation about alignment. Renewal is part of alignment and um, reminding ourselves of who we are and who we are at the core, and you know the heart of alignment. Really, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's you know really that's gonna that's gonna be um, that was the topic we threw out with each other talking about this. I, I wanted to share a little story because oh. one of one of the colleagues, one of our colleagues, challenged us. Um, he challenged us to really figure out why we were having a podcast. Oh, yes. And so um, he was lining up speaker after speaker after speaker. And, and really it challenged us to figure out why we were having this podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it really was to have a continuous conversation about alignment. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea of it, you know, we we use it very much just as a fluid way of uh, at the beginning of the of the podcast you know, we talk about all things alignment, and so that can when you think about our lives and our experience of life and those times in our lives when we're really seeking and and in, oftentimes in wonderment of ourselves and who we are. Trying to find our path to alignment is really what it's all about at the end of the day. It is. Because uh, at the core of alignment and lifelong journey is, is this idea of self-acceptance and to be able to truly live who we are without having any fear attached to it, that that we're acting in misalignment or we're not in alignment to who we really want to be, what we're seeking. Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, Edgar, I think that's just it. It's it's a weekly conversation about yeah. about that journey. So as we were as we were working today about um, what the topic of today was going to be, um, Jim, we had a question. 
Yeah, it was easy for you guys this week. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the listeners <laughs> chimed in with an awesome question, uh, and they said, uh, I'm a first-time entrepreneur. I'm juggling so many aspects of the business. Which one do I align first? Yeah, and I love this question, right? Yeah. Here's why I love it. It's a bad question. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> so, say I love more it. about that. I love it because it's not which one you align first. Uh, it's really what is alignment. I mean, that's at the heart of the question, mm-hmm. right? Because if you can figure out what you're aligning to, then you can figure out order. Okay. So, if we're talking then to all the different aspects or elements of alignment and what we're aligning to, uh, we can begin as an entrepreneur. You think about alignment to the customer. We've had this conversation about the customer experience. And so, how do we understand the customer and what we're aligning to? Because granted, we can have a great product or service. If we don't have a customer, we've got nada. We, don't, uh, we really don't have a business. So, as an entrepreneur, it's, it's important to think about that. As an entrepreneur, you think about what are the values and core values and principles of the business that I'm engaging in. And so much of that is a direct expression of who the entrepreneur is, of the individual, and what's at their core, and what do they believe in, and what does alignment in their lives look like. So there's that aspect of it. Uh, there's alignment, and depending upon what business you're in, you've got vendors, you've got partners, you've got all the people around you in your business community to create alignment with. Uh, in and pursuit and alignment to your vision and your goals. And then, of course, you go deeper into really what's at stake is alignment as a human being and who am I as an entrepreneur and what really am I seeking and am I acting in alignment to my values and my principles and to bring that into alignment with what I'm pursuing and seeking from a performance standpoint. And then, of course, that raises all kinds of questions, which is, am I in alignment to my true definition of success, and what does that mean? Uh, we, like to, mm. we like to say when it comes to alignment, it's the great predictor of success. And w- this is a question that I get quite often as well. You know, what's your definition of success? And, of, of course, that's a turnaround, which is, well, actually, it's not mine, it's yours. And uh, that can vary. So alignment to that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one part of of the answer to this listener's question is, you know, alignment um, might not just be about you. I I think for me, that's always been a little bit of the struggle, right? Okay. So I know when I was doing some spiritual direction, one of the things I share with my spiritual director is how uncomfortable it feels for me to be selfish. Um, and this is, there's so much work done for the entrepreneurs that are about, you know, you define success and you go for your version of success. Yeah. But, you know, just like you said, you know, that alignment to the customer experience, you know, that's a serious thing for me. Yeah. And so for me as an entrepreneur and in the way I teach entrepreneurship here in the Anderson College of Business and Computing is really about find out what problems your customers have and if your business provides a solution to their problem like that's the gold nugget okay and and there's other ways i mean there's other ways you can think about success as just merely financial yeah and actually i think that part's easy 
I, I think it, I think relatively speaking, it's, it, well, it can be easy. It is. I think for, um, in some instances, people set out to be entrepreneurs and own a business, and they find a success financially is relatively uh, easy if they're in alignment to and they're really delivering something of value to the customer. And what you just said, there's a lot. So a couple of pieces that I heard in that that I think are important for us to recognize is that in every set of relationships, there's mutual benefit. There's a reciprocity that takes place. And the more aware you are of that, of the nature of or definition of that reciprocity, again, it goes back to what are the expectations we have for the relationship. And I think if you're able to understand what's valuable to the customer and able to create mutual benefit in the relationship, then uh, if, you're, if you're doing that well, then the financial aspect of it, because it's a business relationship, the financial aspects will, will be met. I, I do think that there's that piece of being a good financial manager that comes with it and having some awareness of what your business model looks like from the basic accounting principles and, and the P&L side. Um, I think that, um, I think at the core of that, if you peel everything away, you're still going to come back to what you just said, which is what is the reciprocity, the mutual benefits that create that are created in a relationship and how are those then delivered to. I also heard in that another piece of it, which speaks to promises and commitments and trust. And I think that because there is this big shiny object out there and we see it because entrepreneurs in our society are very much idolized. They are. Yeah. And uh, you know, the names roll off the Musk, the Zuckerbergs. I mean, the Gates of the world, they, they, they just roll. And you get this sense that very often that's what people are gravitating to. They want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine someday, Fortune or Fast Company and get on those lists. And I think it's it's important to recognize that while one could get to that, to get to that at some point, and again, it's very few that do, really the origin of that success is still wrapped around the same idea that I have to provide something of value to the world, to the customer, and from there I can begin to think about what uh, what success at a grander scale can look like. You know, I'm thinking, I'm having a hard time not thinking about an experience I had. I went to a, a conference, and I, did I share this on the podcast? You'll have to tell me if I already have. I'm getting older, so I'm starting to repeat myself a whole lot here. But um, I got to see uh, Fareed Zakaria give a talk. Uh-huh. He had just put out his book, In Defense of the Liberal Arts, and, and part of the storytelling was his conversations with some of those big entrepreneurs, right? So uh, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs from Apple, uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook, um, and really asking them, asking them what was, what was the college course that most resonated with, uh-huh. with the reasons behind their business. And the, and the stories were remarkable, right? I mean, I remember the one about Howard Schultz, and I think there's some irony of of Howard coming back now to be the CEO. Yeah. And first thing, kind of redeclaring mm-hmm. his heart of alignment for that organization. Yes, yeah. 
and you're yeah i think that's a good way to actually express it that he's coming back to the heart yeah. of, of starbucks the heart really this is a the starbucks conversation right now and going forward is one of uh, alignment early on then then misalignment then alignment then misalignment again i mean when you think about how personal Starbucks has been to a brand, as far as a brand in terms of the customer experience, that's all about giving attention and listening. And for that to go off off the rails pretty quickly, and then actually the, the misdirection picks up speed and volume because of the pandemic, so that you have stores in Manhattan where people have to use the app to order instead of having a personal interaction now it becomes impersonal. Yeah. And then you can see evidence of that for when the customer experience comes out of alignment and you talk about the heart of an organization or the personality, its culture, that then with it over a period of less than five years, um, keep in mind that Deep Brew is AI. It's, it's data analytics. It's impersonal. And so you see that happening where they move away from that personal experience that's at the heart of the brand, the heart of the, the product service experience. You can see how that really, really is can take one off the rails. Now, performance-wise right now, um, going into this and, and seeing what's happening with the unions and shows coming, coming back, it's, um, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of effect he can have and to see how the, you know, the market, quote-unquote, the market responds. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've always, when I, the minute I heard that story, that idea of personalization in community. Yes. <laughs> is, is just so, if they can get back to that, it'll be pretty amazing instead of the commodification. Yeah. And in a way, when you think about it, it's, it's such a cheeky little piece too, because it's, it's a connection through coffee, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, and it's it's really an old over sitting over tea and over coffee, the coffee clutches, and the. Uh, I mean, you think about it that way, and the power of that yeah. to lose sight of that is really quite interesting to see that happening, and can be somewhat deceiving in the context. Again, this goes back to us understanding ourselves in context and how context will challenge alignment. We we have all kinds of. Um, uh, Stuart, I'm looking for. Uh, we're attracted to a lot of different elements that show up in our lives that can take us out of alignment. And you can see the context during the pandemic kind of leveraging this idea of we don't have to be as personal. People are still coming for the coffee. But over time, does that wane when the context shifts again? And how do you then, um, in a way, and this happens at a very personal level, how do you stay in alignment as you go through change? How do you find alignment, you realign, and what does that look like as you go through changes in life, as businesses go through change, and even in the context of the pandemic, what that has offered in terms of opportunities for misalignment as well as strengthening ourselves and our businesses to find deeper alignment. So uh, I'll bring in the movie reference a little early here. All righty. Because in ready. this conversation, it, it sounds, I mean, every movie that's a hero's journey is this story. Yes. Yeah. Right? Um, Finding Nemo was the, was the one, right? I mean, Nemo's on a very clear, very aligned task. Yeah. And Dory is the, you know, looking for the, sh you know, she's distracted by the shiny objects. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's so often a conversation about the entrepreneur. It is. Is this shiny object and that shiny object are coming along. This is easy revenue. This is an easy project I can quickly do. And it moves you slightly askew, potentially. Yeah. yeah. And it comes back to just a bit ago, touching on the idea of you know, what's, what's, what's selfish and what is not in that con- you know, as the context shifts. And how do I continue to create mutual benefit and keep my eye on that prize? I got another yeah. question coming in. What do we got, Jim? Yeah, I think this actually uh, is perfect and uh, more clearly stated than what you guys are talking about. So what if I, what if what I align to changes? Ken? Well, I think the conversation we're having about Starbucks um, is, is an apt conversation here because I think you really have to ask the question of, is the, is the heart of alignment, is the reason we're doing this mm-hmm. still the same reason? Or has it been replaced? I'm kind of boxed out. I mean, to use a basketball analogy. Um, okay. Here we're in the NBA playoffs. Um, oh, March is over? Mar- <laughs> March is over. March is over. But now we're in the NBA playoffs. Kind of boring, frankly. Um, but um, <laughs> Not quite the same. Not energy. the same level of excitement as college basketball, I'm sorry to say. Um, uh, apologies to any NBA executives that are out there listening to us. But the, um, you have to be careful that those new things don't box out the main thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I think what happens is, I mean, and, and again, this is, almost, this is almost that hero's journey, right? Um, this is the odyssey. You know, this is the nymphs um, calling for one's attention away from the main thing to keep you off the path. And so I think the question to ask is, has it really changed or is this a slight detour? Because I I heard so many entrepreneurs tell me about rationalize the detour. Yes. Right. That's a big Mm -hmm. common conversation that we have about uh, with entrepreneurs is like, but there's just this one thing. And if I just go do this real quickly, I can get some revenue for the business and then I can do the thing I really want to do. Yeah. Right. That, that frightens me when I talk to an entrepreneur that has that version because it shows me that they don't, they don't have their why down. I think that's a really good point. And it goes back to that um, recognizing the heart of your alignment. So just as we are as individuals, um, we can be in a way tempted by the detours and the, and the possibilities same thing happens in the business context. So we use this formula of um, assess, align, and act. Assess, align, and act to move forward. And um, I, if that applies in, in, this con- in this context as well as any other. It says I need to be able to assess and then align. And part of that assessment is to recognize both the alignments at play as well as the gaps. So if there's a detour and it creates a gap and it creates a misalignment in my assessment, I can, I can see that I can become conscious of it. And once I have that consciousness, then my actions or the decisions that I make and then the actions that I undertake, the things that I do or say, those are the opportunities to bring back the alignment, to bring it back to the heart, to the core, and to act on those going forward. Yeah. 
I, I for me, I think the biggest challenge is is that first one that that assess, right? Because you is. you need to be able to describe. Um, I don't I don't like the phrase objectively because it's it's not objectively, but you kind of need to jump around the situation and look at it from different lenses that hopefully are beyond your own feelings about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think that is really the most difficult part. Again, it goes back to that. I, I agree with you because that's, that's the integration that, uh, that's required is that we're able to uh, be conscious of the emotion and the emotional impact, the want, the desire, whatever it happens to be, what excites us, and at the same time be able to see objectively, logically, be able to use data. In other words, one cannot overshadow the other. If we get too caught up in the data, then we can then we can go down the path of the deep brew, and then the other uh, you know the other side of of that is to be able to 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 be able to understand and be able to be in touch with that deep human side. Yeah. After all, it, it everything comes back to that human endeavor, that human experience that we have. So. Uh you know, Jim, thanks for sharing that question. I want to bring that question back. You know, what if the thing I want to align to changes? You know, I, I've been in this situation here. We run our business competition, the Regis Innovation Challenge. Shameless mm-hmm. plug here. Shameless. Friday night's the final. Friday night's the finals. Yeah, looking um, forward to it. Please come fill the room, 300 plus. Um, uh, really wonderful and awesome T-shirts will be thrown out to the crowd, but more importantly, you get to see five kind of incredible businesses, uh, perhaps some of the most advanced businesses we've ever had, come and talk. But for the last four and a half months, um, they've all been struggling mm-hmm. with this shiny object and that shiny object, and should we change and pivot? And we've seen some amazing pivots. The pivots, the best pivots happen because they discover something they really want to be about. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I think that's part of being an entrepreneur is – if you come at it from the lens of let's build a business model that works, and many entrepreneurs do it that way, mm-hmm. um, then you tend to be able to justify any new revenue. If you come at it from that customer-focused problem-solving model, you tend to find some alignment. And then uh, that question that the, that our listeners asked us, then if it changes, maybe you don't do that business anymore. And I, I've done this with some of my donors. They'll say, you know, why isn't so-and-so still working on this business? Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, it wasn't at the heart anymore. Yeah. And it's good. It's good that they left that. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a part of that as you move through the changes is to keep coming back. And I, I agree with you. I think the assessment part is always the more difficult. And for a number of reasons, one being being able to integrate the logical with, with, the, uh, with the emotional and, and then to be able to recognize when I'm out of alignment or I'm just chasing a, something that's shiny or it actually is in alignment with where I'm going in the pivots in the discovery in the, the way that I just heard it as you described it is the pivot is actually I'm seeing further alignment. I'm seeing further opportunity. I, I see further furthering the ways in which I can accomplish what I want to accomplish to get my defined success. There's, there's all of those pieces that are, that are in play. And then there's the part in the assessment that I think becomes um, so, so core. And that is, am I, am I bringing something to the world that is an expression, not just of who I am, but an expression of who the customer is and what the world around me is seeking? And, 
and as you think about change, you think about pivoting, and 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 I think your the uh, innovation challenge and the idea of at at some point you realize that um, that there isn't that alignment, and you know between a customer and the market and who you are, and being able to be honest about that. So one of the things that I think happens in assessment that is so difficult. And this is uh, one of the definitions we use for leaders. For leadership is the pursuit of truth. Is this the truth? And what does the truth tell me? And that's not always easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that is a, um, yeah, that bringing that back to leadership. I mean, isn't this, I mean, right back at the very beginning of this podcast conversation about the great resignation, or as we call it, the great alignment. Right. Isn't, isn't that really go back there that, you know, employees are leaving organizations because they're asking these questions about what, what is the meaning for me? And a leader has to, has to continuously define that. Yeah, and then as we've talked about before, that the leader has to be able to define it and then also in their actions to reinforce and role model it. Um, that one, one of the big yearnings that people have is authentic leadership and uh, authentic means truthful at the end of the day that's what we're talking about we're talking about truthful there's also in the question that was brought up um around um if i have a lot of things to do and how do i better interpret and understand what my alignment is is it that i need to better align around my vision and what i an articulated future state do i need to create greater alignment in my strategy greater alignment in my relationships that helps support make the business work in work as well as at home, those support mechanisms and in my community of friends and around me. One of the things that we do have is an alignment assessment um, that we will be posting on the on the uh, truealignment.com uh, website that you'll be able to get, and we call it the alignment inventory. And if you do the alignment inventory and you're involved in a business with others, I would suggest you all do the alignment inventory and then compare numbers. See what you come up with in terms of how you're rating your alignment throughout your business. Everything from your vision to how decisions are made, how you're communicating, all of these pieces. Um, they help to provide you with a roadmap on how well and where your prior may not be um, uh, as clear at the outset. But if you do the assessment, at least it can give you some uh, some guide uh, perhaps a roadmap to what your priorities are and where you might want to spend your time and attention to, to get where you're going and, and find the alignment that you're seeking. So Edgar, you know, I, as we started doing our work together and you, you, you do this in our executive education, but as we started doing our work together, um, you know, one of the things if we're doing a, a retreat for a company, we'll, we'll work with their leadership team and we'll do these individual interviews with all of yes. them before, uh -huh. before we get their time together. Yeah. And, and I mean, is that us looking for individual and collective alignment? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it, and begin, and one of the aspects of that that I think is so powerful and it starts the, the conversation on their end. In other words, they begin to build the framework of what it is that they're looking at and saying, Oh yeah. Okay. Here's the different aspects of alignment. Let's let's begin to have that conversation, and it gives us a way to introduce them to how they're thinking in alignment, and how they're thinking differently, 
out of alignment and where the conflicts are. And there's the reminder that every misalignment is a conflict and every conflict is an opportunity to create alignment. And that becomes core to the conversation and to the success of the team going forward. Yeah, that, that was always, that was one thing I learned early on working with you is when we bring these companies in um, for say a two day um, strategic retreat, mm-hmm. you know, the conversations always, you know, what, what are we going to walk away with? And, and the varying desires of those folks, and I think this goes directly to those listeners' questions, the varying desires to tell me the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and we know on the way in that we're going to help them figure out their own answers. <laughs> and the process we know is going to work for them. I mean, that's the thing that is so clear for us. Uh-huh. And I don't, um, that we can let them explore mm-hmm. and still bring them back to this yeah. search for individual and collective alignment. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you, you, you said something that I think is real powerful and they want the immediate answers to the immediate questions. Often, in fact, in most cases, the conclusion they reach is that they weren't even asking the right question. So, What are the right questions to be asked? What are the right problems to be solved? Um, where are the where are the misalignments? And so often what we discover very early on in the interview process is that the really significant misalignments are those that are not being spoken about. They're not being talked about. Um, they're not being brought into the spoken realm, those unmet expectations, those misalignments that occur. And so very often, yeah, the right questions aren't being asked because the... Um, the right elements of the conversation have not been brought to light. Yeah. That's the most interesting thing for me in this work mm-hmm. is that um, it tends to lead people exactly where they wanted to go anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have an idea of the grander vision and the feeling of what it's like to want to be some to go to a certain set of outcomes that define success. But uh, quite often it's not, it doesn't quite have the clarity that that they're looking for. They they can sense it, they can feel it. But until the questions get asked, the clarity is not there. Yeah. Alignment. (laughs) (laughs) I I said this early, early on in this podcast uh, when we started recording, that, the elegant simplicity of the alignment framework. Mm. I, I mean, here's a question. What would make somebody want to keep listening to the podcast? And, and here's, here's where I ask this question. Because, I, you know, as we were thinking through uh, topics of conversation, I, I sensed, Edgar, from you today a little bit of, uh, and we've already covered that. I guess my question is how much of a reminder, and this is a good question for the listeners, how much of a reminder of the alignment framework and of coming back to this heart of alignment mm-hmm. is, is needed or wanted? Yeah. It's a great question. I think one of the things that I would come back for is to have my, my questions answered. Um, the thing about that is, and this is an important part of any dialogue, we don't know what the question is until someone asks it. 
And I think as I just I think it's an excellent question you're posing. So I would, from the perspective of being here with you in front of these microphones, would ask the listeners to to ask the questions, to to email e- email us the questions. You can do that at Ken at truealignment.com or Edgar at truealignment.com. And um, yeah, send us your inquiries. Let us know what it is that you would like to know. I mean, our intention here is just simply to be of utmost service to you as we can um, as we delve into and explore alignment and, as we like to say, in all its different forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think we ought to wrap there today. Yeah, it's a good place. I, I, I agree with you there. Well, thanks for listening to us listening to us and with us today on the True Alignment Podcast. I'm Ken Sagendorf. I'm Edgar Papke, and thanks very much for joining us, and, uh, and we'll see you next time around. Enjoy on that sunshine. True Alignment.